What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of You Can't Do That Anymore, our weekly movie podcast where we look back at movies that were once beloved and see how we feel about them now and whether or not you can, should, or would make them in this, our year, 2021. Of course, I am your host, Blake Schultz, and with me today is Terrence Tatum. Hello. Anastasia Washington. Hello. And joining us today, Harley Salbaca. Harley, how are you? I want to say hello, like Terrence. <laughs> Everyone we does. We all do. We all want to say it like him. <laughs> As like my squeaky soprano laugh comes through right after I try. <laughs> and then Terrence laughs. He's like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, he gets a real nice Inspector Gadget villain laugh, and the rest of us just sound like a broken record. <laughs> yeah. um, this week, of course, we are doing the 1996, the uh, single greatest date movie of the 90s. A real oh treat to bring your best gal to the theater and watch in 1996. Beautiful Girls, a movie that I'm not even sure what it's about after watching it. How many, how many guys do you think got broken up with because they took like someone who was like an earlier on date, not a girlfriend, but like, ooh, cool, great date movie, first, second date. How many of those guys never saw that woman again? Probably a lot. You know, I feel like the like film stereotype is like, oh, well, you know, if you go into a guy's dorm or room and he's got like Fight Club and Rick and Morty posters, like, look out. Really, if he's got what? this poster somewhere in his house, you should be very scared. Yeah. I've never put I've never I've never heard that I've never heard like I, I have heard um if there's no books don't fuck them you know like that yeah don't yeah, yeah. Don't, um, don't don't fuck people with no books um but I don't put that much like on people's first movie or movie for for dates uh, there's, I mean, I don't either, but uh, there certainly are people who have. I just, you know, repeat. My cousin, yeah. my cousin, her first date with her husband was to see the movie Kids. <gasps> I don't know if you've seen the movie Kids. Sorry, it's Dawson. It's not a good date. Yeah, it's not a good date movie. Everyone gets AIDS. Yeah, no. That's like, up. Like, that's like taking your first date to see that movie 13. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or either 13 or Requiem for a Dream. If that's the follow-up to that, you have a very questionable relationship. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> there's a lot of movies. Like, there's there's a solid combination of, like, movies and foods to avoid for first dates. It's like, you can't really eat pasta attractively. Don't get, like, a real messy pizza and pasta and then go yeah, see 13 too. or Requiem for a Dream. No, is- I think... I feel like eat messy food together. That's fine. I don't want. I don't want to be in like. I don't want to be in the crab, you know, like crabs and and stuff. And there's tactics with crabs. I don't want to do that. You have to show off how strong or weak you are right away with the crab. Yeah, but I don't want to do it, not on a date. So I definitely won't. Don't want to do it on a date. But then I I love that. Really? Yeah, I feel like a mermaid. I'm like. No, I don't. I don't like that. Um, but that's just because I don't like it. But I think you should take people to action movies for your first date. I like okay. that. Yeah, like Kiss of the Dragon, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, anything with a dragon. In anything dragon based. <laughs> I was gonna say, is there a theme? Last dragon. 
first Wait, date. Final Fantasy. No. How to train your dragon. Also, how to train. No. Also, so it's also no. acceptable. <laughs> no. Yes. That's, no. I like that. Movie. That's how so did... cry. That would be no, so no. embarrassing. I would be like. Yeah, that would end with me. I'm taking her on a date. I'm just bawling. Like, well, I don't know how we Especially got here. Especially the second one. That one snuck up one. on me. I was like, oh, are one. you kidding me? Slap everybody in this room. No. Toy Story. <laughs> let's just go, like, just completely emote in front of everybody. No. no. But unfortunately. Wait, let's go see Toy Story 3 for our first date. <laughs> Stop. No. Let's say goodbye to our childhoods together as we cry. <laughs> Now that I've killed your childhood, might I beg you? Or you could take somebody with some beautiful <laughs> girls. On your but this is the year 1996. Toy Story has is, I think, two years out. Two the years? dragon movies are not available yet. Mm-mm. They're not replaying Last Dragon or Enter the Dragon. In 1996, yeah. if you wanted to go on a date, it was apparently slim fucking pickings. Yeah. Uh, Harley... Tell us about the first time you saw this movie and how you felt about it. Okay, so the first time I watched this movie was with my best friend, who is uh, my best friend Donnie. He's like a tall, skinny, you guys know him, tall, skinny Asian kid. Came to comic book. And he was like, hey, let's watch this movie. Like, because he, his whole thing is that when he really likes a girl, there's a part in the movie where the where Uma Thurman says like, all I need is a man to say this to me, like, good night whatever whatever the one is like good night you beautiful girl or something like that something like that he was like this is where I learned that and like, I tried to make sure that if I'm dating a girl like I do stuff like that like what she wanted and I try to make sure I, I say nice things to her and let her know how I feel about her and I'm like oh that's really lovely okay sure I don't know anything about this movie we're about to watch but that's a lovely sentiment that you learned from it apparently so okay let's watch it I was wrong I should not have watched this movie at the end of it, I was there going, so you you really like this movie? And he was like, yeah. And this was like five years ago, five, six years ago. And I was like, uh, okay, so like this movie is super creepy. Super creepy, super creepy movie. And he was like, oh, well, yeah, it's really weird that he, like, has that thing with the kid. It was, like, Natalie Portman. And I was like, no, no, it's not super weird. It's really weird. At one point, he's sitting on the ground in a bar drunk talking about how he's going to wait for her to be old enough for him to have sex with. Yeah for, those, yeah, for those who don't know, Beautiful Girls is a romantic comedy where the main lead is uh, debating giving up music to be more prosperous. It's a 10-year reunion of high school. He meets Natalie Portman, who in this film is a 13-year-old girl, and he feels that she's an old soul and that he can just wait out the five years uh, until they're ready. And there's other things. There's also affairs, and Uma Thurman is there. And uh, But really... And lots of guys saying lots of shitty stuff about women. I say a lot of guys doing things towards women, well, putting them in numerical values, saying that their beauty, oh, it's just gross. Up top, this yeah. is a Harvey Weinstein produced movie. As soon as I saw that name, I was like, oh, that's yes, right. That's what we're getting. And this isn't just, you can tell he didn't just sign this check. He was on that set. His fingers were on that script. He was making oh this movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This, 
the the stuff that the women go through in this movie just astounds me like it's a great cast too like all the actors are, are actors you know they're all very talented it's the youngest I've seen Uma Thurman in anything. She's just gorgeous little babe. So, I mean, and, she just walks in. I'm like, yeah, I, I have that same reaction. Yeah, two of two Weinstein victims in it, right? Yeah, yeah, correct. Yes. Mira's, Mira's, in, yeah, yeah, because and also, yeah, Mira Servino, her poor character, who literally is like a woman who's been in a long term relationship with a guy who's been cheating on her consistently, and every time he cheats and she finds out, she loses more weight. So she literally is like wasting away with an eating disorder because of the relationship but harley harley it's a love story because in the end they're together mm. <laughs> Anastasia. this is not a romantic comedy like there's no funny parts to this movie by the way None. like a bunch of <laughs> mediocre looking men who are really shitty with kind of shitty jobs or like almost no jobs being like I'm gonna find a girl who's better than this girl I'm seeing. This girl with a full job. This girl that's a lawyer. This girl who's amazing and has stuck with me for years, even though I won't marry her. Fuck this girl. I want to date models. And you're there going, okay, a, you'll never even meet a model, and even if you do, she won't look at you yeah, at all. You'll be like the wallpaper. I don't like because don't, you're not a nice human. As an average-looking man. I don't understand why other average looking men don't realize that the beautiful models are going to date the beautiful male models. I've never understood this, uh, a- I'll call it the Seinfeld Costanzian problem of the short bald man who lives with his parents and is unemployed just getting beautiful women left and right. <laughs> I don't know why the 90s kept doing this of just being like, this guy with terrible posture whose neck is jutting out like the dinosaur and the Flintstones, he can date Uma Thurman and wait for Natalie Portman to be of age if he wants to. Does he have prospects? No. <laughs> but he kind of learns a lesson. The saving grace of this entire movie is just um, Rosie O'Donnell. Is her character. And then the one nicer ginger guy who doesn't say shitty things about women because there's two gingers in it. One who needs to shut the fuck up because he says stupid shit. And he should shut the fuck up in real life as well. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, uh, what this face? Yeah. He Michael needs to Rappaport. Shut yeah. yeah. And then the other ginger guy who's like married with kids and has like a really nice wife and they clearly have a pretty good relationship and he seems like he's actually a decent human. He seems the most normal out of all the, out of all of them. Yeah. And the most respectful. He's the one who like actually is like the manager of a when he says his job he's like no I manage that plant he's not just like an employee like he has a wife who's really adorable who he clearly loves they have kids they don't have any issues his wife and Rosie O'Donnell are the saving grace of this movie because they're like talking to Mira Savino and being like leave his leave ass this man, he's right. terrible like and then Rosie O'Donnell just consistently she has the scene where she's going through like the market with yeah. two of the loser dudes they're like interchangeable at some point for me in my head I'm not gonna lie and she's explaining to them like how women are normal women and that that's a normal thing and that you can't just go around expecting to have these like plucked and pulled perfect models they're not real they're not real people real women exist and they're good and real women are good and attractive I love that scene because she gives a great monologue and she, she pulled out the, the, the penthouse and shows them like, this is fake, this is fake. My only issue with that scene is that as great as the scene is, they put 
put a button on it at the end where they just devalue her. It was like, great ass, great rack. And I was like, well, everything she just said absolutely meant yep. nothing. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you can. Yes, yeah. They, even, they degrade her like in the conversation during the conversation when she's checking out and she looks, points to the penthouse and she's like, fake, this is fake. Her boobs are fake, this is fake. And then he goes, yeah, but you know what? It would take me, and he and she goes, you'd leave her because there's no substance for you besides the physical. And then they both look at it and go, well, but you know, I wouldn't leave her for what, no, 30, 30 years? Yeah. Because of no substance. So immediately they're just immediately going, okay, all that matters about women is their physical appearance. And you're just like, oh, I, I can't, I can't. Yeah. So great just talking to us women is not important. <laughs> no, why would anybody want to talk to us? What do we have to say? Anastasia, <laughs> how did you first feel about this movie when you saw it? Um, so this is my first viewing. Me too. Um, so. it all over again. Yeah. Um, so my first and last impression um, are the same. Um, <laughs> which is what a magnificent white privileged circle jerk of a film. That is accurate, yes. Yeah, yeah it, it sort of tries to do that weird like Seinfeldian clerks, like we'll just sit down and talk, but there's no lesson. They don't want to talk to them. That's right. the thing. Why did you invite me to this conversation? I didn't want to talk to you. Like, that's how I felt. Like, it's a conversation that you can't get out of. And you're like, why Why did I sit at this table? Like, why did I sit down? Yeah. Also, because they have nothing interesting to actually talk about. They don't talk about anything of substance at all. And then they're accusing these women being like, oh, well, I just want, I care about the physical. And I'm like, yeah, because you don't have any substance. All the, all the white males are stuck in this regressed age where it's just like i don't i don't want to have a conversation with this nor do i want to view them having a conversation nothing they're saying is of any value for me the only people that were of interest were the two uh side characters like uma thurman's character and Natalie portman's character but they just come and go and then they we don't really get anything i was like i'd rather follow them than follow anything that these dudes are doing yeah and i will say though that the women in this movie are actually like they don't ever degrade like they're degraded by the men but their characters aren't degraded if that makes sense like Uma Thurman's character blows in from Chicago being all awesome and she is awesome and she like doesn't degrade herself for any of these men neither does Rosie O'Donnell we watched Mira Savino do it but like poor thing but for the most part all the women are actually like good strong attractive men and the men are just shit even at 13 is smarter and talks better than all the other men in this movie. Yeah, yeah, that's I, the, that's a big thing. Marty is a much more intelligent person than anyone, including the male lead. It's yeah. I was like, well, how has she spoken well better than any of these folks? I first saw this film, I would say, like in the late '90s, because uh, I just had a massive, still have a massive crush on Natalie Portman. Um, and so watching it as a teenager, I was like, oh my god, she's adorable. I love her. I love her. And not really paying attention to the guys because. There's a thing, I mean, Anastasia will probably attest to this. A lot of times when a film is just so white, I sort of ignore, like I wouldn't seek it out unless there was a reason why I'm, I wanted to. And for this one, it was just Natalie Portman. So I didn't care about anything else. So I actively ignored probably most of the story. I was like, oh, Natalie's great in this. Oh, she's gone. Well, I don't really care about this. Watching this as an adult. Yeah, you're like, you're like, 
there's nothing for me to watch here. Time to go right. refill that Hi. soda until Natalie Portman's back. Right. Yeah. Did you know I can refill this large soda any time during? <laughs> I can do this so many times in this film. This is amazing. Watching this as an adult, I am like, what the entire fuck is this? Because now I'm much more apparent of everything else that's happening in the movie. Uh, I I went from still, and I still, like I said, I went from having a crush on her at that time to now as in my age, saying like, someone, where are her parents? Why is no one watching this child? Get her out of there. The weirdest part about Natalie Portman's character is that she is written like the most intellectual person we've ever seen. And to have this sort of narrative of like, this is what this guy was missing and he's not going to give up on his dreams. If he just needed this young person who's an old soul, like you, you couldn't just get somebody who's of a, a legal age to talk to him like an intelligent human being for 10 no. minutes. We have There's to have only this. one. I know. She's 13. There's only one woman on the planet that has intellect. It's it just feeling real. It feels like in Spider-Man yeah. 2 when Alfred Molina's like, Peter, Peter poetry. And then when he just starts saying poetry at Mary Jane, she's like, you're an idiot. And this whole yeah. movie, I was like, Natalie Portman sounds really smart, but she's also speaking so highly that a part of me is like you don't know what you're talking about you've just you've read enough books and like watched hbo too soon and you haven't lived enough of a life to know half the things that you're talking about so i, I, no, I she's I, just spewing facts that and she's then, heard and hasn't absorbed them or it's also more uncomfortable to me that she reciprocates what he's feeling and kind of is like well look we'll wait five years i'll be here and it's like yes I, I will it's a weird thing though i would give her a bit of i think the ladies can speak to this a little bit more but i think when you're that age it's more on the elder person in that in that position to not yeah. get those affections she's a teenage girl who, who, who where her emotions go they're going to go wherever the hell they go to so I, it's more on him the onus is on him to not give that out there um of course not of course but she's naturally going to respond obvious- that way it's a direction too. If it was a guy, correct. If it was a guy and an older, you know, like a, a yeah, it's the same thing. We see it with teachers a lot, right? Like, and we see it in like yeah, and juvenile facilities. It's on the adult. Correct. Where I got more disturbed <laughs> was where I got more disturbed is when he was telling his friends of how he felt about the teenager. No one freaked out. There's like ah, well, you know, he likes well, those kids. The, that one Mary Ginger though was like, dude. The look he what gave him at the skating, tr- yeah. yeah. The look he gave at the skating thing was like, okay. But again, even if he's my friend, if I'm at that skating thing, I'm around my kids, and he's over there flirting with the kid. I'm going over there immediately. Like, hey, this I don't know what the yeah. fuck's going on, but this needs to stop. Yeah. <laughs> like, I will say that on this is my second viewing of this movie, um, and since like I have also studied childhood development in psychology, um, I watching this, I was like. Oh, I see why she's reciprocating. Clearly her parents aren't around. That's why you never see them. She is, you know, and I'm like, I'm like psychologically evaluating why Natalie Portman would like be okay saying these things to this man. It's because she is left home at home with the TV. She has no parents around. She wants that adult affection and attention. And so she's going to get it where she feels like she needs it because of trauma. This is where I go. This is what I'm assuming is happening in the background since by the way, we don't know anything about Natalie Portman's character except that she's a sassy 13-year-old who's way too smart for her own good. 
Like, that's clear, all I know. And she clearly lives in a, a city slash state that has men who value beauty as being one, one way. So that's clearly how she's getting what is beautiful. Because the way she responds back to him when she's like, not as pretty as you. And he's like, well, she's got that whole boob thing going. I was like, okay, did somebody come get this child? <laughs> yeah, that's the moment when she says boobs. I was like, where are her parents? Where are they right now? It's dark outside. She's outside in the dark talking to a grown ass man about her boobs. Yeah. Child Protective Services. Help. <laughs> I'm amazed yeah. that even at the time that that wasn't reflected on because everybody and to Natalie Portman's credit, she's great in that role. She's wonderful. It's just that that role is fucking crazy. <laughs> and not even the accurate. role itself, right? The role itself, having a very smart, old soul, 13-year-old girl who's like sassy and quick-witted isn't in and of itself bad. It's mm -hmm. the world around that you put her into that lacks any and all consequences and normalizes something horrible yeah, like, you mean america yes <laughs> oh i get it i get it i understand now <laughs> yeah it's just like no wonder everybody thinks that hollywood is secretly doing these 13 year old rings like this we have this film being like but look yeah. i also wonder how she feels about that because you're you guys are right like we said earlier she literally played these young Lolita's type characters starting like in the professional she plays this character where she's wearing her little crop top and being like telling him she's in love with her but also he's an adult who goes no that's not a relationship that's not what's gonna happen and she's all like are you sure and yeah. I'm just like that that made me so uncomfortable when I first watched the professional then you have this movie like she's played this type of part a lot and I wonder how she feels about that as an adult I wonder how her parents feel about that now <laughs> Yeah. Because, right? like, I'm sorry. Well, and that was like the indie scene, too. Like, you know, like, she was like, think they were thinking these were profound projects. Like, right? Like, yeah, they, thought they, were, like... they thought they were saying something, but you, you really watch this movie. No, there's no message in this film no, whatsoever. No. The crazy part about it is like, we've now touched on a lot of things in this podcast of like body imagery, liking people beyond just their physical not like understanding that this kind of physical body in these magazines is more or less fiction or unobtainable if it isn't fiction. I would even go as far as to go like, maybe there should have been a character who also was like, look, they might be models that you think are vapid. You don't know them. Maybe they are also really smart. Like you could have had more angles and depth if there was any real lesson to say. The movie kind of presents a thesis, but it's positioned from the antagonists of the movie yeah protagonists continue to ignore it and refuse to grow and we did this a lot in the 90s and now where we take movies with like losers for lack of a better word i look at something like clerks mm -hmm. i go well these were two guys who were sitting in a room talking about bullshit but they grew and evolved and learned and ended up in a different place than where they started and in this movie everyone's just sort of static yeah, I think that's the biggest thing I take, especially with Matt Dillon's character, because like he gets the crap kicked out of him, and he start he has this 
he as he should have and he has this come to jesus moment in his bed where he's just like yeah i i i, I don't know who am i like, where am i i don't know i didn't expect to be here i thought i would be something else i'm like cool 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 you're telling that to the person that you basically put through torture for the last five years and has not been able to eat and then the movie decides to hey we're going to reward you because that ass whooping you learned a lesson so here's the girl yay I also had yeah. a very weird moment when he drives that sled into those dudes' car and like destroys this vehicle. A part of me was like, "Yeah, you don't get yeah. to just drive away from this." No, <laughs> no. And also, can we talk about the main character? Um, again, all their names are just like that's how different. White they man were. number one. Yeah, white man number one. <laughs> okay, so white man number one, who's in love with Natalie Portman, who's thirteen. He also is in a serious relationship with a female lawyer in the 90s. Hey, hey, girl. I, when she shows up, after they have a conversation where his friends ask him to rate her, and he's like rating his woman he's with, who, by the way, he's a barely employed piano player musician. So for him to put her, he was like, oh, she's straight sevens. I was like, dude, you just moved back in with your dad and you've been watching golf. So go fuck yourself. a problem. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you called my boyfriend right now and you were like, rate Hartley, A, he'd be like, excuse no. me? I'm not going <laughs> to do that. That's inappropriate. That's really yeah. demeaning to women. And if he had to, like life or death situation, he'd be like, okay, 10 not because she's perfect but because i care about her as a human and that's what also makes her fucking attractive like i'm here being like you are with a woman if you are a straight fucking man and you're with a woman and you're saying that she's like basically a seven across the board go fuck yourself a b go find someone else clearly this isn't the woman for you though probably not a 13 year old girl also i don't know look in the mirror are you also straight sevens maybe like (laughs) i'm sorry as a straight woman can i rate all of the men in that movie (laughs) can we do that can we anastasia rate all the men in the movie have at it i would love this so straight women number one (laughs) straight women number one straight Okay, straight white um, one, number one. Okay. If we're going on looks, it'd be Timothy Hutton, Willie. Go ahead. Timothy Hutton. He's okay. like a five, maybe, in this movie, barely, only because he fucking can play piano. Yeah. And I like pianos. I was going to give him a four, but I. Yeah. The piano does help a little bit. Let's <laughs> give him a four and a half. A four and a four half. Four and a half. He's a four and a half. <laughs> okay next is uh what matt Dillon's character mr birdman yes yeah straight straight i'm number two oh. he's barely the best looking one i guess but he's also a fucking cheater and is okay with that and gave his woman an eating disorder while he's cheating on her with the hot redhead so he so gets to be two two yeah that's a two yeah that's if a... we went just on looks a five but we're going for everything so two yeah two. and the fact that he's played a serial killer before and it was a little bit hot so it was like five oh, but yeah. like a two it's bad. but like but he also what's his job he plows snow yeah so two which, a year-round job. which i was going to say i it never gets mentioned because we spend the entire movie in the winter but this job what do they do for the other three months i mean three quarters of the year he i don't know like, leaves rake leaves right i was like yeah i don't i don't know what happens there that many trees i guess <laughs> um white man number three michael rapaport 
Yeah, so 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 he gets to be a one because he's a piece of shit, and so in this movie and in real life, and in life, but like he and like you know what? I'm gonna say it because I am a ginger, so I can say this about my people. I'm sorry for any ginger men. Being a redheaded dude, a ginger dude is really hard. Like I think I I personally know one who is very attractive and is like a model, but he has like the really dark red hair. You know, it's a little different and he can like barely tan and he's very fit. So it's like, he got, he got a pass, but like in general, if you're a ginger dude, like your life really sucks. Like you get made fun of when you're young, you never really get better looking. Like ginger <laughs> girl, like at least we, we look really weird and we look kind of, we're very awkward and funky looking when we're young. Sometimes we grow up and get cute. And see folks. We're lucky. I that like a rating, ginger. <laughs> that rating is why that whole thing is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> okay, but I have to I have to comment on the ginger thing. I was born a ginger and it became whatever the hell it is. Um and I love a ginger. I think they're very attractive, especially if they're a black ginger. That's the Okay, best. well I'm yeah. talking about a white ginger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about white gingers. That's my people. My people are the white gingers. <laughs> I don't like my own people. I don't find my own people attractive. <laughs> but and this has been a black gingers. I have seen some very attractive, and the like uh, Hispanic gingers, where they have like the really dark, kind of like what you have, but like, a little darker, a little redder. Yeah, I'm into, that. I'm into that. I could do those. I'm into that. But like, but I also really don't like super white dudes. Yeah, they are slightly see-through. I once had a sex dream about a ginger that was in my theater group. And I told him about it because it was really disturbing because I could see through his skin in the, in the dream. Wait, he was see, translucent? Right? Well, I have yeah, because he was, so see- <laughs> he was so see-through that I could see. I'm, guys, I'm a little translucent. <laughs> see, I <laughs> saw him. See, I saw him at a pool party and I could almost see his organs. <laughs> so then when I had a sex dream about him. But now you like, know he has all his organs and what's more attractive than a man with all his organs? <laughs> like there's so much more attraction <laughs> than you have your organs. <laughs> it's good to know. I'm just saying. <laughs> when we're not in a pandemic and it's, we can meet and I'll show you my veins because I'm translucent. Yes! Good to so know. My will stick out. It's cool. Scheduling it right after the pandemic. <laughs> the day after pandemic, I just get a message from you and you're like, hey, I want to <laughs> tell me the thing. It's going down. <laughs> All right. So this movie, I wasn't joking at the time. I was, but at the top of the show, I said it was the best date movie of the 90s. This is on the DVD box and the Wikipedia poster. This is the quote they've used. Right. It is sitting at a 79% critic score and an 81% on Rotten Tomatoes. What? So Wait, why? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yeah, it's high. It is up there. Yeah. Sorry, didn't like Pirates of the Caribbean, which I do love that movie, didn't that get like a terrible critics review, the first one, and like a real bad Rotten Tomatoes when it first Let's- was out? find out pirates of the caribbean number one i am happy to report has both a higher critic tomato meter from the critics at 79 and an audience score at 86 so there is some justice what about reality bites what do reality bites get because that's because i feel like that's the sort of genre like the high fidelity swingers that's what this has some strong pirates of the caribbean vibes it has (laughs) a 
it has a bunch of white men who are going after a white woman who they may or may not deserve. Uh, there is a pirate in a way. They crash their boats like they do their cars. No. And, <laughs> no. and Johnny no. Depp doesn't know what he's doing with his life. Very, very similar films. Listen, I need to see what Reality Bites is compared to it. Because I am on it right Reality Bites is like my What Ruined Men For Me movie you know and so uh yeah I remember when I told my mom I was like oh my god this is my perfect guy and she was like honey we should talk about this we need to talk that should not be (laughs) don't do that what my my perfect guy was when I was younger I watched that movie the Jane Austen book club that came out and like I was like 20 2008 2000 yeah and Hugh uh Dancy's character in that where he's like the really cute nerdy guy who reads a lot of sci-fi and has never read Jane Austen but is totally up for it and then lets the women know don't worry sci-fi isn't quite as sexist as you think though it is a little because look at all of these all of my favorite authors actually were secretly women and they used men's names to get published and I was like that's my guy see mine was a IQ of 180 in a band lived on people's couches and is Ethan Hawke Reality and writes bites. a song about uh, having sex with you. Sixty-six um, percent from the critics. Lower. Seventy-four from the audience. But my Sharona, best soundtrack ever. I'm not I saying do. the Rotten Tomatoes is correct. My question is, why did this connect with people in 1996? I mean, when did because Rotten Tomatoes? This would have had to been after 1996. Yeah, yeah that's a, part of it, right? Yeah, this it is current rating. Yeah, yeah, but it aggregates yeah. posts. It took all the ratings from before. You know, it's funny. I, 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 we talk about this, but I do think there is something where high school reunion movies typically have this, where you're coming back together and you're kind of establishing where you are in life. This movie does do that to effect. It just doesn't go anywhere with it, but it does have that. Uh, let's come back together and see where we're at and see if we're having any growth. We, Why do people want to do that? Don't. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes I think when you get a certain age, you kind of just want to like reflect uh to see where you are when you reflect younger. alone i don't need to like reflect at with a whole bunch of high yes, school but people. That mean. you're a healthy emotionally stable human being who say that again <laughs> we're recording right yes yes <laughs> certified anastasia has the healthy emotionally stable award you hear that family i told you it's just like the Nintendo certificate of authenticity. It means it's real. Yes. Heard it here first. I do think there's something about when you're younger too, and you like most people go through this like lost who am I journey in high school and college. But most people who are making movies are not that age, so they have to like reconfigure those stories and then be like no it's the high school reunion and they're going through what you're going through now it's the weird joke that terrence and i make all the time of like you only think you're connecting to eminem music because he's also mad but you are not mad about the same things <laughs> like you wait no, you're so- not mad about the I- same things as eminem i never lived in detroit <laughs> anastasia i did did you However, not have I deeply loved my syndrome? mother i did <laughs> I don't think um, I did, at least. Um, my my speculation when looking at this is how, how many 
many women and people of color are on the Rotten Tomatoes team that do the scores? I am sure that at the time this was reviewed, not many. Yeah, I'd imagine not many. Um, Yeah, they are kind of notoriously known for that not being a thing. It's funny because I definitely felt... I definitely felt while watching this, uh, I was like, oh, this this is the whitest of whites that I've ever whited in my entire white. Like, I, I was like, this is a very white film. Yeah, it it's is. It's even like, snowing. That's how like white it is. It's like Duplass Brothers. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like level whiteness. And don't get me wrong. I like some of the Duplass Brothers movies, but like, this is just like, this is nuts. And because I don't have any characters that I, I appreciate or, or can latch on to other than yeah. Natalie Portman, I'm just like, no, this ain't. I this... to latch on to her, didn't you? Is when it... I was her age, I <laughs> wanted to latch on then. Stop it. <laughs> I've never been to Massachusetts. Is it's it Massachusetts? Is it as white as these films make it seem? Yes, yes, it is. Yeah. Is yeah. Hollywood I've using never, an excuse? Never been. In the nineties, was there was there diversity excuse in the nineties to film everything in Massachusetts and be like, see, it's white. Well, Massachusetts. <laughs> Mike, I'm going to say that wrong. Massachusetts is very white, unless you're getting to like Boston. (laughs) Then you get some diversity. I mean, we've talked about it on the Fight Club episode and on a few other ones, but this movie does it too. All of these sad people who are still like living nice lives, where I'm like, it's not that bad. You are in a very nice suburb of Massachusetts. Calm down. No. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. But there's something about the cold weather and the beer uh, that they're constantly. Oh, drinking. it's very, very Midwest, very older male people. Yes, yeah. I say yeah. This yeah. definitely feels like East Coast Midwest uh, but cold city. Community spot. too. I mean, yeah. like being in like a suburb and being in cold weather and then drinking and 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 just like looking out the window and contemplating your life. <laughs> like I it's think that's kind of like that's the way. I think that's a big part of why it resonated with audiences too. I think people like to see, ironically, and to Harley's point, this is mostly white people reviewing this. They want to see people doing the things they're doing and wishing of a better life and then getting it. But with this movie, they don't. (laughs) Like it's, it don't, it's like, he like settle, he like, settles i say this with quotation fingers in the air for his really beautiful kind white lawyer girlfriend you know what's crazy and that was the movie that made me go "Uh uh-uh you're not settling for her for you right well what's really crazy for me and it's like i don't know this probably wasn't the purpose of the movie but that's what i got from it is that how matt dylan when he's with mira's character and he he's like looking at her, he's thinking about the other woman. The way that this movie ends with him in the car, where he's with Tracy, I kept, when he starts, when she's like, well, Marty, and he starts correcting her about her name, I was like, ugh, so that means that she's gonna be with Tracy while he's mentally thinking about Marty the whole time. Oh. I am disgusted by all of this. Because the, the fucked up choice the movie makes at its end is they're driving away together, and she's like, who was that? She was a nice girl, what was her name? And she says the name wrong, and he corrects her. And a part of me was like, no, there shouldn't be correcting. There shouldn't even be mentioning. We should be leaving that so far in the rear view mirror. And instead they're oddly directing it in a way that's like, he is going to be thinking about this girl as he moves forward. Like there's a very, very weird like subtext of him being like, no, this was her name. And she is very smart. I'm like, oh, you're not, 
You're not done with this. It's like going on a date and they just keep bringing up their ex and you're like, why are we on this date? Yeah. You got to go do some other work first. So then I, I guess the last question, uh, it is now 2021. There's no way you could get this movie made today. We're all living in that world. If you did, it definitely wouldn't connect. It definitely wouldn't do well at the box office. Mm-hmm. Um, you quite candidly couldn't even make this movie anymore because we simply don't make movies that make $10.6 million at the box office and have next to no budget and are just kind of sing-songy like this. But if you were to readapt, because obviously there's some nuggets we pulled out, Rosie O'Donnell's moments, these kind of stand-up-to-them scenes, how would you readjust and make a story like this in the, in the 2021s if you had to? to make it connect. Focus on the women. Focus on the yeah. women, because Rosie O'Donnell's character, she's barely in it, and she's a really strong, like, very vocal, and also intelligent and logical and right woman. And the other women, too, are like, they're not, except for Mira Savino, who has definitely been weakened by her trauma, thanks to her fucking boyfriend. The other women also mm. don't <laughs> seem like weak women. They all seem like pretty strong women. So I'd rather watch, I was being like, I was re-watching and I was like, I want to I wanna know about them. I'd rather be watching them. I don't even need, I love Natalie Portman. I don't need her in this movie. She makes it weird. Let's just, let's just watch the women. Let's just watch the women in this movie. It's, it's called Beautiful Girls. So maybe, yeah, if it was about the beautiful girl. <laughs> Instead of the guys talking about how beautiful women should be, how about it just be about women and they do that themselves. That'd be great. I think also if you're doing a story about growing up and improving your lives, they need to grow up and improve their lives. And, and at least one of them. You're being get, right. ridiculous, Blake. How <laughs> dare you talk about men having growth? Yeah, no. uh, I agree. <laughs> I agree with that. I, I mean, obviously, the one thing you would diversify the ethnicities of everybody in this. Oh yeah, they, that that would be. Do horrible. you have a token, oh Brian? <laughs> yeah you'd have to definitely change you that know, you know Rosie O'Donnell's character would be played by a black woman <laughs> oh I, oh yes once yes 100%, <laughs> 100%. sadly the call she would say sassy black woman but that's a whole different conversation that mm-hmm. we'd have to have on another show um it, what's what's interesting uh, is that yeah. this yeah. doesn't have any comedy and it's listed as a romantic comedy so i think the one thing yeah. you would also want to do is this add is, comedy to it oh, sorry, this movie is so white that there's more than one ginger in it so which is impressive because <laughs> norm- that's that's very true because normally there's only like one out of what the entire freaking movie if, if at all so that that's 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 a good point um but yeah i also think that we 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 get a lot of these type of films we definitely got them throughout our lifetime like with the american pies that's sort of what they were trying to that's yeah, what I thought feels, those films do better than this. This feels like it wants to be the like indie comedy of American Pie. Because American Pie is like the big studio, well lit. You've got a giant soundtrack, big actors. The, co- the set pieces are bigger. It's a little more like slapsticky. But that is a movie where they are also, we start with a bunch of characters who are idealizing sex. And at the end of it, like one character doesn't grow up, one of them does, one of them grows, like they all change in different directions and you see sort of different sides of a spectrum of how it goes and you see the person who gets stunted and he becomes the worst character in the movies, not even for the audience, but like they outgrow him 
as the movies continue um yeah and this movie i feel like wanted to be the like quieter more realistic version of that and instead it almost feels less realistic because the one thing american pie didn't have for all of its like literal pie fucking was a room that only had like models and playboy people taped up to it like band and movie posters yeah that's very serial killer and also i will say in defense of them um as the comedy is that they thought they were funny yeah i think that's a good point too. that's probably that's true yeah there's that's a lot a of point. they thought this was a comedy they thought this was funny it's that so, weird thing yeah. when they when they teach you comedy and maybe it's how they teach you now and they're like look if you're going to do jokes like this don't make fun of the group you have to like make fun of the person making fun of the group and make that the thing that's weird and all of the comedy in this movie is like Look at the nice ass and pits on the on the broad over there. And yeah, like, what are I, we I say that's very true. Anastasia's right because I think in yeah. somewhere there was a room of men who thought rating women they and doing the whole five 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 nine 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 thing thought that was fucking hilarious. <laughs> oh yeah. And to me, I was like, oh, this is just yeah, gross. They thought the scene with him and Uma Thurman when she's like, has that line ever worked? And he's like, no. But would you still like to go have sex? Somebody was like that's a raucous good time and i'm like i don't know bless bless her heart i don't know how that character did not slap the shit out of him because he hit aggressively hit on her three times made sexual advances three times and she was very calm about it but she's like you know what? i'm just gonna leave now she's like are you sure i can't get that last what? because that's what Never... women have to do yes they're uh, always like <laughs> yeah thank you okay bye <laughs> Yeah, because if we don't do that, then sometimes men get aggressive with us. And That's it's gross. Scary. And I'm sorry. That's gross. Yeah, yeah. that was a very... They, they get aggressive and we're bitches. We're frigid bitches yep. after that. Yep. yep. She does just also, leave after that, though, doesn't she? Like, her character yeah. just vanishes. Never comes back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, also, you know... he's in a relationship. He's, he's living with someone and he's, he's hitting on someone else and trying to have sex with them. He's technically in two relationships because I don't, that 13 year old thing's happening as oh, well. Yeah. So he's just a very confused man. Well, hopefully when she goes missing, she's not actually dead. That's just all I'm saying. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's a completely different. I want to see that. There's movie. another part of the movie where he keeps her in a basement with all of those pictures. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anastasia, are we writing the sequel to Beautiful Girls? Beautiful girls with a Z. I don't know. <laughs> that. We still have our weird science reboot we have to do. Call uh, it beautiful girl because there's just one girl. Oh yeah, basement. beautiful girl. Yeah, basement girl. No, beautiful girl. <laughs> basement girl sounds real. Yeah, it was like, it went you porn with it, and I didn't. Yeah, know. like that's a whole porn <laughs> thing. It is interesting that I think like we have a movie with a bunch of people constantly trying to figure out what's around the next corner and we now do live in like the online dating world where so many people I know are oh well (laughs) they're all trying to kill you on apps of course they are why do you think I have kill me on this app the app But like so many people I know do do this thing now where they're like, well, I met this girl on Bumble or Hinge and we went out, but like, I don't know if I keep hitting these buttons enough times, the hotter one will come out. It's, it's interesting that this movie has almost realized a mentality that I think is getting worse as more people live in a like digital what's around the next corner world. 
Yeah. A part of me too with the digital stuff, as I as this movie was ending, I was like, oh yeah. At this time, Willie would no have no more connection with Marty. Like he would never really see her again. If this were to happen today, I am the second he got home, there's gonna be a Facebook friend request. He's gonna be like, I'm sending this to Marty immediately. And he would never have, and this would just get grosser and, and worse. And I'm like, oh, I'm so glad. This movie can't happen again because he would definitely follow up with her after the fact. Oh, yeah, Let me follow no and escape. like every Instagram post she posts. I'm like, oh God, no. There would be no escape. Yeah. However, you can escape from this episode because we are going to wrap up. That was beautiful girls as we come across to our hour mark. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to help us out and support the show, you can, of course, first leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever else we are. You can then follow the show at Twitter at Can't Do This Pod, on Instagram at You Can't Do This Podcast, and email the show if you'd like it, can't do that podcast at gmail.com. I am at, as always, Blake. Terrence is at Terrence Tatum. Anastasia is at Anastasia W. Harley, where can everybody find you and the other podcasts and shows you are working on? Um, you can find me at, at Miss MS. So, like, Ms. Harley R. Um, that's my Instagram. That's my Twitter that I'm barely on. And then I also have my own podcast that has been slightly sporadic since my podcast partner, she decided to become a lawyer. Mm. Oh, really? That's Uh, exciting. That's why why we've been very sporadic is because she was studying for the LSATs like a crazy person and she just took the LSATs and she got a good score. So now she's doing applications and stuff. Yeah. Wow. She's a badass. It's cool. Um, (laughs) Nice. I'm over here being like, hi, I work in graphic novel publishing. And she's like, hey, I'm going to be a lawyer. And I'm like, cool. Both cool. Both um, cool things. But uh, my, my podcast is called um, Fake Nerd Girls Podcast. Um, because not because we're fake nerd girls, but because we want to take back that name because we both worked in comic book shops and were assumed that we were fake nerd girls because we were girls. So um, you can find the Fake Nerd Girl Podcast at Fake Nerd Girl Podcast on Twitter, on Instagram, and everywhere. Um, we talk about comics. We have some cool creators on. If you guys read comics, we have Cecil Castellucci on. Um, I just thought, got the okay from Dustin Nguyen, who's a comic book artist that he's going to come on. So we have some cool guests. At some point, we'll have all of you guys on just for funsies. Um, and we're on everywhere that you find podcasts, too. Great. And then I, of course, also do the How Do You Figure podcast about action figure collecting. Terrence runs the Hollywood Already Did It YouTube channel about new movies when they come out and reaction videos and all of that. And Anastasia, of course, does Serial Killer about pairing up serial killers with breakfast cereal (gasps) and the hysterical podcast. And do you have one woman show information for us or are we? I do. It's March 24th. Uh, The replay of my one woman show, Fifty Shades of mixed confessions of your ethnically ambiguous best friend will be replayed. I do not have any ticket information yet for that. So follow me on the socials. Great. (laughs) That is it, guys. We will see you all next week.